You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Krista Smith. Hi, everybody. Today, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have hit 200 episodes. So what started with our very first podcast in the Netflix office in a screening room because it was the only place that we could find that was soundproof to now a full-fledged studio, it's been quite a journey. I want to take a moment to thank my team, Isabel and Dave. It's the dream team here that make these podcasts happen. And also, of course, all the amazing talent that has participated. But really, we would be nothing without you our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for all the support. I first started this podcast back in the summer of 2019. After spending 20 plus years interviewing talent for Vanity Fair. And while yes, this concept was similar, hosting a podcast presented a whole new set of challenges, particularly through COVID when my bedroom closet turned into a makeshift recording studio. But I have to say, these constant learning experiences are what I love most about this podcast. Whether I'm discovering a new side to an actor that I've known for decades, or I'm speaking to someone for the very first time, I always walk away from the conversation with an immense amount of gratitude for this process and for the countless perspectives, stories, and experiences that live on our feed. So to commemorate 200 episodes, I've pulled together a few of these special moments, and it only feels right that we start with my very first guest, Renee Zelliger. I don't know about you at this stage in life, but I feel like a kid, and I feel like Oh, okay, we got through the hard part where you second-guess yourself and you sort of compromise yourself in certain ways because you feel an obligation to other things or out of, I don't know, just the not knowing. Mm -hmm. And I just, every day, you know, I just I get in the car and I crank up Tom Petty and, <laughs> and it, it just feels like every day feels like a little bit of a celebration. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, the adventure is beginning. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's cliche to other women who have reached this milestone, but I really do. I feel like I'm freed up of all the garbage and confusion and the questioning and the self-doubt or, or, or whatever it might be that, that binds you to not leaping in your 40s. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to leap. Guillermo del Toro, you have created so many incredible creatures and monsters over the course of your career. What makes you see them through a lens of fragility rather than fear? I truly, truly felt as a kid is that monsters were the incarnation of the permission to be imperfect, the permission to not be the active, sporty, uh, happy, sunny boy that everybody seemed to consider an ideal, you know? That it was okay to be in the darkness or reading a book and being quiet. And monsters represent many things and they represent the possibility to exist in an imperfection for me. It is such an honor to be speaking with you both, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. What have you learned from each other throughout your decades of friendship and collaboration? Well, I learned from Jane that um, you just, you get yourself together and you just do it no matter how you feel or what you're thinking or 
Uh, and I got a lot of I got a lot of courage and spillover from her. Lily is extremely present in the moment. It's wonderful to work with somebody who is present. She never phones it in. She, <laughs> she really cares. So it's it's a wonderful inspiration to be working alongside that. Eddie Murphy, looking back, how do you put your early career into perspective? I never felt like I was forging a path. I was just being who I was, and I was, you know, I was reacting to, I was, whatever whatever came, whatever blew my way, you know, I just adapted to it. I, that What's that little, uh, Forrest Gump, that that uh, feather that's floating? Mm-hmm. That's who I was. I was that guy. I was that, you know, whichever way the wind blew me, you know? Like, that's why I said I didn't set out to do any of those things. It was providence. So when I was in the middle of it, I didn't feel like I was opening any door or I was being mm-hmm. groundbreaking or anything. It's when you get back, you know, years afterwards and you look back on it and be like, wow. Thank you for being here, George Clooney. What advice would you give to young actors who are trying to break into the industry? Take chances, uh, stick your neck out. You know, once I started to figure that out, I would bring in like a, a dog. I, would, I remember reading for Family Ties and I brought in a dog and held it under my arm. It was for three lines and Family Ties and I held a dog under my arm and I just said all the lines without even referencing the dog, just talking. And they were howling and laughing. And, you know, once you realize that, you know, you can change the rules, uh, you know, in, in to benefit you in a way, uh, now, listen, I've been dead wrong. I remember I went in and I did a drunk scene for uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola for uh, the vampire movie he did, Dracula. And I did it really drunk scene because I, I knew this. My uncle was a bad drunk. So I did my uncle. He was like, ha! And I did this really big thing. And literally Coppola is staring at me like I like I had three heads. And it was over. He called my agent and he says, I think he was drunk. <laughs> which I took as a compliment, but you know, I didn't get the job, obviously. Um, so, but you know, again, it's like, take chances, stick your neck out. You can't lose something you don't have. And it, once you look at it that way, it changes the way you approach everything. It changes the way you approach directing. It changes the way you approach getting jobs. It changes the way you approach life. So Halle Berry, we're talking about fear this season. What role has that emotion played in your life? You know, I think fear has been a big part of my life, you know, from a child throughout my career. And fear as a child, I was born into a family with an alcoholic father that was very abusive at times. And so I've dealt with fear and I've had to walk through fear and manage my fear for my survival. I've had to make a way out of no way. I've had to take chances and take risks and, you know, take parts that maybe I didn't want to take, but I had no choice but to take. There was fear that this would end my career. I remember when I said yes to Monsters Ball, when I fought to get that role, everybody said to me, this role could end your career, you know, with the nature of, you know, some of the, the sex scenes. And I was a young actor and, but I've always been like a moth to a flame. Fear doesn't stifle me, it actually ignites me. David Letterman, it's pretty surreal to be sitting here with you at this iconic Los Angeles landmark, Cantor's Deli. What does this place mean to you? It's a a placeholder in my life. There were friends of mine, still friends of mine, 
that used to like to come here after the comedy store closed. And the nice thing about this place is it's open 24 hours a day, I believe seven days a week uh, for infinity. And we, for a time, would come here and gather after the comedy store and make each other laugh uh, and have fun and make fun of other people and talk about how badly we bombed or how well we did or what we were doing or hopes and dreams and and uh, friendships outside of the comedy store extended to to this gathering and and that's what it was it was one of the several places that we would go but this this place was uh, uh, it was good for us because it was never closed and mm -hmm. you know you, I can remember the second time I was here and it would got to be like three o'clock in the morning and thinking I just I'm I'm used to going to bed at night and uh, is the fun we're having here uh, worth complete exhaustion. And in those days, yeah, it was. It was not, not a bad trade-off. Viola Davis, where does your drive come from? Going to Rhode Island College, the getting the degree, the going to Juilliard, the becoming a professional actress at 23, all of that was achieved through drive. <laughs> hmm. Not necessarily confidence. Not necessarily courage, because drive can operate separate from all that. But when you're coming from extreme poverty, I'm telling you, and Trump, it what it does, it, it, it can do two things. It can make you fold and just sort of stay there, or it can put a fire under your butt like nothing you've ever felt before, because you don't want to stay there. And then somewhere in there, you begin to understand that it's not just about making your mark and being an actor and buying a house and, you know, working with great directors. It's about significance and transcendence and love and relationships and finding your joy and finding a place to heal. But um, I say all that to say all of it came from a need to make a mark in the world. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, make a mark in the world, be someone. My name is Viola Davis and this is who I am. I want people to know who I am. Stephen Yun, welcome to Skip Intro. When did you first realize you wanted to perform? When I think about the past, I, I really do feel like a large chunk of my early childhood was me just trying to explain myself or me just trying to feel visible. I think being very conscious of being displaced kind of follows me in my adulthood. I do have a distinct memory of being kind of dragged into a kindergarten classroom at four and just sat in front of Play-Doh. So it was just kind of this, you know, very isolating, very abandoned feeling that I think, honestly, a lot of immigrant children can relate to. I kind of spent a lot of time explaining myself and um, trying to get people to see me in a very specific way, in a way that I wanted to be rendered. And um, growing up with that kind of chip, um, I found myself gravitating towards places where I could like, kind of like really perform or like 
you know, going to church and wanting to join the praise band. I didn't shy away. I remember early on um, in high school, I really wanted to be a sports center anchor. And like, it was just like places where I could be seen. It's a strange thing because this business that I found myself in, I don't know if you'll ever be seen. <laughs> and maybe the business is actually about not being seen. Millie Bobby Brown, what is it like to reflect on the incredibly fast and yet long journey that's brought you here? It was really, I started this eight years ago um, when I was eight years old. I went to every audition. I went for every film you could possibly ever imagine. Um, I, you know, I was about to do a film and then the other girl would get it. And I was about to do this TV show and the other girl would get it. And I would, pilot season was my favorite season because that means that I could just audition, audition, audition and then get rejected, rejected, rejected. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then, you know, and that was kind of what it was. And then I moved to London because I was like, I'm done with this. You know, this is so difficult. This is horrible. And I've never heard the, the word no more in my whole life. And um, then Stranger Things came along and it obviously changed my life forever. I've loved talking with you, Dakota Johnson. But before we go, is there anything else you want to share with our audience? The world is really bad and a lot of people are really bad. But then there are a lot of people that are really good and they just have to keep doing the good, keep fighting the good fight. Like, if it's weird out there, then get weirder and figure out a way to be louder. Dakota, it's great to see you. I Thank love you. you. I love you too. Let's do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. let's turn the microphones off so then I can say some real shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to netflixq.com for more. That's netflixqueue.com. 